Hope Church. All right, good morning. Hope everyone's doing well this morning on another hot summer day. Um, just thanks for all the folks here and all the folks on Facebook joining in with us this morning. Um, just grateful for, for everyone being able to meet in some capacity um, during this time. So uh, last week, last week I, I talked about, um, about Jesus telling his disciples that the world will hate them um, and how it hated him first. We also, he also foretold of the persecution and death of his, of their persecution and death and that the world will rejoice at it. But he also promised them the Holy Spirit who will speak on their behalf and give them deep understanding um, of the truth of God in Jesus. He encourages them that it is better for them that he leaves, that Jesus leaves so that the Holy Spirit will come and help them testify about him. And we also discussed how the Lord's plans are better than our own, and even if there is more suffering in his plans, he has what's best in mind for us, and we should trust him. This morning we're going to be um, continuing our study of John in chapter 16, starting at verse 16 um, through the end of the chapter, um, and then Derek will pick it up in chapter 17 next week. Um, This section of scripture that we'll be looking at, um, that we looked at last week and into this week, um, from the current perspective of the disciples, it's actually, it, it feels a, pretty gloomy. Um, he's, he's foretelling of their suffering and their death and um, of his death, of Jesus' death. And, um, but there, there's a, a lining of hope in it. Um, he, continue, he says that he will return um, and give them the Holy Spirit, but they, they can't really understand that and don't really know what that is. Um, but for us, because we kind of have the rest of Scripture and we actually get to see the story unfold, um, and are even now living a part of the story that is going to be told. Um, you know, it's cool. It's actually, uh, for us, it's, it's a really awesome, deep, and good passage for us, good news for us. Um, and ultimately, it is good for the disciples as well. Um, maybe not in the physical sense, but in the, in the sense of faith and spirituality and, um, the, and love of God. So... Um, the disciples are clearly confused here, and they're concerned about everything Jesus is telling them, um, particularly, I'm sure, their death. So um, that's kind of where we ended there with Jesus promising the Holy Spirit. And uh, let's let's pick up there. Let's go ahead and read the scripture. We're going to start at verse 12, but we'll study 16 through the end of the chapter. So starting at verse 12, Jesus says to them, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak out his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again a little while, and you will see me. So some of the disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We don't know what he's talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, 
Is this what you're asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will go, well, when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. And that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in you you may have peace, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for this beautiful morning. Um, Lord, we thank you for um, your kindness to us, your love to us. We thank you for the scripture. Um, Above all, we thank you. Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice on the cross for us. Um, We thank you so much that you've given us your word and your truth um, that we can understand and know more about you and know who you are and that we can believe and have the opportunity to believe. Lord, we thank you for your patience with us and just pray that this morning you would open our hearts, that you would soften them and be open to your word and your truth, um, that all that is spoken would be truth and that whatever is spoken that is not would fall on deaf ears. Um, Lord, we just thank you for your your kindness again and just pray um, this morning that we would draw near to you and that you draw near to us in jesus name amen so let's start here i'm going to kind of use the same format i used from last week where we'll go section by section in scripture and we'll talk about each one so let's start first start with 16 through 19 where he says a little while and you'll see me no longer and again a little while and you will see me so clearly the disciples are they're just having a hard time grasping what is really going on. Um, and certainly they don't realize that Jesus is literally about to be arrested. Um, so this is, again, is kind of a neat moment where Jesus demonstrates his deity. He, he knows what they're thinking or, or at least perceives what they're thinking. He, and um, he addresses them on it. So he, he saw that they were confused and he confronts them about it. And he says... Uh, so here, you know, we, we get the benefit reading the scripture of, of hindsight. We get the benefit of the written word of God. Um, so it, it's kind of cool and a, a little, a, a small, now. Uh, I won't get off on that tangent. Um, 
Maybe I will. There's a, a small analogy um, for, that I'll use for help us understand. Um, in law enforcement, there's something called um, 2020 hindsight, and that it's essentially that a, a police officer and the decision that he makes to um, use force or not use force can't be judged in 2020 hindsight. He can't be judged by um, what we now know. He can only be judged by what he knew in the moment he made that decision, right? So in the same way, we kind of need to look at the disciples that way, that they didn't have the full picture at this time. They, they just had a very small picture. They were getting information. And Jesus even says later in this section that he's not speaking to them um, fully clearly and that he will eventually clarify everything to them, which we know that he does. Um, we get the benefit of the, the 2020 hindsight. We get to sit here and read and know what happens and what's coming and what Jesus says later. Um, so I think anybody would have been confused by the way Jesus was talking um, here, reasonably so. Um, but praise the Lord that he does reveal the truth to us. There are actually several interpretations on this section um, of what he means by a little while. Um, I think it's pretty clear, personally, what he's referring to. But when I was looking through some uh, commentaries, you know, we do tend to overcomplicate things sometimes. But I am going to address a couple of them. The first one which I think is the most, uh, the most reasonable one, is um, that what Jesus is saying is that he says, a little while and you will see me no longer, and again, a little while you will see me. So I think that's pretty clear what he's referring to the disciples, saying that he's going to go to the cross and die and be buried, and they won't see him. And then three days later, he'll come back and reveal himself to them, and they will see him. Um, I think that is the most straightforward um, explanation of what we're talking about here. But Jesus is... I mean, he is God. He is divine. So he does have, you know, we're not going not gonna to put it past Jesus to have multiple prophetic statements in one statement. I mean, he can make, say, one sentence and there could be a lot of depth there. So um, I do think we can take it and apply it a little bit to um, when Jesus does actually go to the Father after his resurrection, that he will one day return again. And to him, that will be a little while. And even to us, that's not a lot of time because our lives are short in the scope of eternity. Um, so that's another take, take on it is that Jesus went away to the Father. He, he died, rose again, revealed himself to the disciples, but went away um, to the Father and will one day return again as the, uh, the Christ, again, as the, as the king to uh, eliminate evil. Um, and those are really the two I want to address. I don't think the other other ones I read are actually applicable. Um, so either way you look at it, as far as those topics go, that's really good news. Um, Jesus is going to go away for three days, and once he died, once he died on the cross, he rose again and returned to them and his to the disciples in his glorified state, and then he ascends into heaven, and with the promise of his eventual return as King. Praise the Lord that we have such an awesome hope to look forward to. Verse 20 here, verse 20 here, truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. So here again, Jesus is referring most accurately to his death and resurrection and the three days the disciples would, would weep and mourn. Let's, let's take a moment and step back and think about that for a moment. 
these disciples have been follow, have followed Jesus for three years, and now they're convinced that he is the Messiah, the Christ. And all in one night, Jesus is crucified horribly on the cross. You know, I can't can't really imagine the lamenting and anguish they experienced those few days that Jesus was in the tomb. Like, possibly the three darkest days in the history of mankind. Like, the Son of God crucified, all hope seems lost, three days of darkness. Um, not physical darkness, but, um, you know, lack of hope. The Son of God crucified on the cross, and not only that, but because their belief, because the disciples' belief and, and their devotion to Jesus, they were probably being hunted by the same people who crucified Jesus. Um, you know, so you, you can imagine the, the fear and confusion they experienced. Um, I, I, it's just at the highest level there. Um, so fortunately, again, we have the whole picture. Jesus didn't stay dead. Fortunately, it's not the end of the story. On a side note here, you know, if it were the if it were the end of the story, if like Jesus was a good person who did some cool things and then did die and didn't actually raise again from the dead and didn't didn't come back to life, um, you know. I'm not sure that we'd even know his name. I'm not really sure that we'd really be talking about Jesus right now if none of that actually happened. Because think about it. You know, I mean, I mean, maybe, but, but think about it. Neither the scribes or the Pharisees or the Romans, for that matter, would want the story of Jesus to be told. None of them did. And none of them actually wanted that to be told. So even in that regard, all the earthly powers would have wanted to suppress the teachings and actions of Jesus. But if Jesus wasn't the Son of God, if Jesus was not who he said he was, even God would not want the story of Jesus to be told. Because it would be a lie, right? So if Jesus died and didn't rise again, it would only be reasonable for the disciples even then to deny him. That would only make sense because all of a sudden their expectations and their hopes and their dreams, like what what Jesus told them didn't happen. So all of a sudden they would have to come to this realization that he wasn't telling them the full truth. So then why would they not deny him? I mean, even if, you know, even if you're following somebody who's teaching you and all of a sudden they, at the end of of your class, you know, we used a a classroom setting last year and uh, last week and someone's teaching a class and at the end they like they've taught you all the way up to the end and then they are dishonest or untruthful or wrong about the final conclusions of the class like all of a sudden you're like okay well was anything he they said even accurate i mean it would only be reasonable to do that you know the disciples could even this is if jesus wasn't who he said he was if he didn't rise again the disciples could even be angry with him for lying to them um, if there is ever any doubt, if there was ever any doubt that Jesus rose from the grave, put it to rest. Because if he didn't, we wouldn't be talking about it right now. If he hadn't, again, if, if he hadn't risen from the grave, there'd be nothing to talk about. Jesus is the mighty son of God who bore our sins on the cross and rose again three days later. That happened. You know, when he rose again, he claimed full victory over sin and death. And on that day he died, 
the veil dividing the presence of God from man in the temple was torn. And now God the Father welcomes us all into his presence by the blood of the holy and perfect Lamb, Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Um, None but the King of glory could offer such assurance of salvation. But, you know, what's cool is that the story doesn't even end with Jesus' resurrection. There is more. There's more that's coming. Because he is coming again. Jesus will come again. And this time he'll return in his full glory to end all suffering and make things right. There won't be any more deceit or pain or suffering or injustice. He is coming to make all things right. While we're here and waiting on him to come back, we may face sorrow and suffering. But it's only for a little while in the scope of eternity with our Savior. Verse 23 and 24. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So then Jesus not only offers the hope of his return, but we now have direct access to the Father by his name. Direct access to communicate with the creator of this universe. Jesus is the final sacrifice that tears that veil which divided you and me from God. We get to know God personally. Like we actually get to think about that for a second. You get to talk to the creator of the universe. The one who exists beyond time who that we can't even fully comprehend. We get to speak directly to him. Let's pause here and and talk a little bit about that, about prayer, about asking God for things, making our requests known to him. So let me ask you a question. In today's current circumstances, do you have joy? Like with all that's going on right now and everything that you may be personally facing and everything that the world is facing, do you have joy? And if not, When's the, if you don't have joy, when's the last time you, you gave all of those concerns and worries to God? When's the last time you actually like got alone in a quiet place with the, the sole intent to talk to God about your worries and concerns? You see, prayer is not just for God's benefit. It's not like for God's benefit. It's our, for our benefit. It's for our benefit to pray. Jesus says, ask that your joy may be, uh, may be full. That our joy may be full. There's only one who can provide joy in this broken and sad world. And that's God the Father. Talk to him and tell him what's going on. He wants to hear from us and he wants to give us good things. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, James 1, verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Further down in James, it says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 
And we know that God wants to give us good things because Jesus in his gospel tells us that um, if we who are sinners know how to give good gifts, how much more does our Father in heaven know exactly what we need? These, these verses, these things that I've, I'm just picking out a few, they're everywhere in Scripture. So why don't we pray more? That's, that's for me too. Why, why don't we pray more? You know, we're getting distracted by life. Are we kind of doing our own thing? Are we not like planning well enough to set aside, set aside time to pray? What are we doing that's not fostering a better relationship with Christ and, and, and the Father in prayer? Let's, let's be intentional, especially this, this week. Um, let's be intentional to set aside time to pray individually with God. And, and you know, prayer is, is something that takes practice. Like, you have to do it just like anything else. You, is, the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more natural it becomes, the easier it becomes. And the more you can feel the full effects that, um, of the prayer. God wants to hear you. He wants you to talk to him. The creator of the universe wants you to talk to him. It's pretty cool. Let's take advantage of that. You know, sometimes sometimes even the simple act of talking to God is is the healing process. So let's let's commit ourselves to talk to him more. Today. Verse 25. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. Now, we know that Jesus does this. We know that he, he returns, and even on the road to Emmaus, Jesus talks um, to the disciples and tells two, two of his disciples everything and explains things clearly. Now we have the scripture written. He, he fully and clearly explained things to the disciples, and many of them wrote the Gospels so that we can have them plainly. Thank, praise the Lord for that, that he, he was very clear um, in what, what he wants and expects from us. Um, I spoke a little bit about this last week, that Jesus only reveals to us the pieces of our story in the times that we need them. Um, so I'm not going to dive too deeply into that point, but you know that is a blessing for us, that he does only reveal to us what we need to know at the time we need to know it. Um, he only makes things happen for us at the time that they need to happen for us, not sooner or later. Um, you know, otherwise, if he did this, if, if things happened out of order, otherwise we may we may not even follow him to begin with. Like I said last week, if the disciples knew everything that was physically in store for them, they may not have followed Jesus. You know, G- Jesus convinced them, and and they believed that he was the Son of God, and then. You know, once they bought into that, Jesus could get a little bit deeper into that and tell them a little bit more about it. You know, they... Jesus, you know, if he told us where he was going to take us at the very beginning, there's a chance we wouldn't even follow him. So, or if he told us all the weight of our shortcomings all at once, you know, that would cripple us too. So, um, he is a patient king, and he's wise. He knows all things... He exists beyond time, so he knows when things should happen to us. And when to provide us things and when to speak to us. You know, I do want to encourage us, though, that doesn't mean we shouldn't ask for growth. That doesn't mean that, you know, those things just happen over time. We need we need to, like, intentionally seek the Lord's will and seek um, seek that in prayer specifically. You know, if you're having a hard time right now and you feel like you're hitting a ceiling... Um, you know, I know that 
fellowship is challenging right now, and we all probably feel a little discouraged from not having the fellowship that we desire or need. Um, you know, so let's make sure you're taking that to the Lord as well. You know, take that before Him and, and ask Him. And if you're struggling at a, at a point where you feel like you're stagnant in your growth, ask God to break through that, help you break through that ceiling, and He'll be faithful to do so. And kind of with that willingness to acknowledge that you're not in full control and that willingness to acknowledge that only by Christ can we actually grow, often that's when growth comes. 26 through 27. This is, this is awesome right here. Let's pay attention here. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I, oh, well, let's stop there. Let's stop right there. The Father himself loves you. Is there anything else you really want to hear? God the Father loves you. Again, creator of the universe loves you. The only requirement is that you got to love Jesus and you got to believe he's from the Father. That's awesome. What a glorious gift. And we have direct access to talk to God the Father by way of Jesus. That's awesome. Um, and then we'll, we'll, let's read this next section here. 28 through the end of the chapter. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you're speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in you, uh, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So it's clear the disciples still don't get it. It still hasn't clicked, and that's reasonable, I think. Um, You see the statement Jesus made. He says, do you now believe? He's not just referring to their lack of of current understanding. Jesus isn't saying, he's not just saying, after all I've done and taught you, do you just now believe I am who I say I am? That's not just what he's saying. Um, Jesus knows that they still don't fully get it because they're, they're all about to leave him alone when he's arrested. They're all about to flee and leave him. So clearly, they don't fully get everything going on here. Um, so they don't fully believe yet, but they're close. See, the disciples were looking for immediate clarity of their circumstances. You know, Jesus said that, he says, I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly. Like, the disciples were thought that was now all of a sudden like the next thing he said they thought was the plain thing that jesus was telling them and the reality is that didn't come until after he rose again so the disciples like wanted this immediate again this immediate gratification this immediate um clarity um that jesus wasn't going to provide for a few more days um and then jesus provides it through the holy spirit later as well after he ascends into heaven um Remember, Chet, a few weeks ago, I don't remember what section it was on, but Chet talked about how um, we are a society that desires instant gratification. Um, we want to know now where, um, we, 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 we want to know things now, 
um, where we used to have to go to libraries and con- conduct research, gain knowledge that way, you know, that same knowledge can be obtained in a second just by typing on your phone in Google or something. Um, so just be wary of the drive to have things or know things immediately. It's okay to not understand fully now. Those things will come with time um, in the future. Um, we often gain more anyway when we are challenged to actually go and obtain something, like it, when we're actually required to work to understand something. Um, often we understand it better and gain more knowledge that way anyway. So just be cautious of that, you know, our, our common society of immediate gratification. Um, Jesus, again, he reveals to us what we need to know at the most appropriate times um, that are best for us. So be patient and ask God for understanding. Because he's taking you on a journey, each and every one of us. He's taken on an individual journey that he's telling the story of, um, but it's a story. It's a process. Everything's a process. So be patient with him. Um, be patient with yourself and, and just continue to seek Jesus. So up to this point, it is clear that we will be in a lot of tribulation. Um, obviously, he's talking directly to the disciples here, but even us... Um, you know, we will encounter trials and suffering. And not that we should go seek it out, but our faith should be deep enough and we should be bold enough that we do end up facing it. Um, and if we haven't faced it yet, truly, um, we can we can count that it's coming. Um, if we really, really love Jesus, tribulation is coming. Um, but we have a hope. We have hope in Jesus. For just as he predicted and fulfilled his victory over the cross and the grave, he has predicted his return and final judgment over sin and the enemy. Um, The final execution of his promises. For the follower of Jesus, there may be hardship and trial, but there is only victory in the end. Even now, there might might be tough times, but in the end is victory. And you know what? It's it's set in stone. It's already completed. Jesus talks here as if it has already happened. He says back last week we talked about um, how the ruler of the the world is judged. And that's before Jesus that's before Jesus even went to the cross and had died on the cross. He is saying that the ruler is being is judged. Um, he says here, in the world you have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He has already overcome the world. He has set to do that. So, you know, he predicts it. He says it in past tense before it even happens, and then it happens. Like it, we can count on what Jesus is saying to be truth. We can count on it happening. He's coming back, and the evil in the world won't prevail because Jesus has already overcome it. So as we look forward to the realization of the hope that we have in Jesus, let's keep pressing on towards that end in the present knowing that our perseverance here and now will bring others to the realization of the truth of Jesus and so glorify him more Jesus in that in time victory over the enemy before we see it happen Jesus says in the world set, the cross you will have tribulation him, the father is with him i have his love for us compels him to continue forward to rescue us from our broken and hopeless state and Jesus has right only here in this context here, Jesus has only a few moments left with his disciples before he leaves them. The next chapter that we have here is is the last words that he gets to share with his disciples before Jesus goes to the cross. So with that in mind, think of the gravity of the words, like the final words Jesus wants to give to his disciples. So 
Um, they, they are awesome. And so next week, Derek's going to preach on chapter 17 here, and, and it's one of the most poignant, to me, one of those poignant pieces of scripture um, in the Bible because Jesus is praying for his disciples, and then he even prays specifically for future believers. You know, a lot of times when we when we study the scripture, we've got to take it and look at the context that it's within and see how to apply it to the people in those contexts and then how we can extrapolate application to us through that, um, kind of like we've been doing. But in chapter 17 here, there's a section where Jesus is praying directly for future believers. That's you and me, for the, of those who believe. That's pretty cool. So I just want to set us up for next week. I, if you, Try to be here. Try to be here. Try to be present. Um, I know Derek's got a great word for us, um, and the section of Scripture is is just truly unbelievable. Um, but it's not. It's believable. Um, but it's awesome. So don't miss this coming week of Scripture. Um, so, um, in closing, let's let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we come before you and we thank you so much for your truth um, that you've revealed to us. Thank you for the hope and assurance of our hope in Jesus that we have. Thank you that the the end, the, the victory is assured. It, it's already completed. It's 100% completed. You, you are coming. Jesus is coming again and he's going to have victory and judge the ruler of the world and make all things new and make all things right. Lord, even now we we struggle as believers, maybe not necessarily with direct persecution here in America. We are blessed with that. Um, Maybe it's coming. But Lord, we do still struggle with sin. And we have trials and difficulties. And um, that doesn't minimize the things we face in life. So, Lord, we know that one day you're coming and you're going to make all things right. There won't be that suffering. There won't be that struggle, that constant struggle against sin. It will be gone forever. Lord, we look forward to that day, and as we look forward to that day, help us to keep our eyes set on the goal of the cross, on the forgiveness of our sins, and the truth of the gospel. And Lord, help us to understand and realize the the forgiveness that you've given us. The, The veil was torn that we can come and speak to you individually. We can we can ask for forgiveness of our sins because of that. We don't have to go anywhere else. We can come right to the source. So, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that, and I pray that you would help us to be bold in our faith and sharing the gospel. The joy that you've given us, the joy that you've offered us, is not just for for followers of Jesus, it's for future followers of Jesus. And the only way to make future followers of Jesus is to tell people about you. So Lord, help us be bold in our faith. And Lord, if, if, if persecution comes because we're bold, Lord, let it come so that you be greater glorified. Lord, we praise you and we thank you for your goodness. And we just pray that you would help us be bold um, to share the truth of Jesus with the world. In your name we pray. Amen.